This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. How you doing? It's your boy John of the Macri with you for, uh, of course, another episode of the Knicks Film School podcast. Uh, I am uh, recording this uh, Thursday night after the Knicks have dropped um, their uh, what the hell is it? Their sixth game in a row, their forty-second uh, game of the season. That sounds right. Uh, and uh, I, because I have shit going on, um, forgot to you know like think about a second podcast episode for this week. Um, I don't want you to think that I don't give this podcast an immense amount of thought, but you know, sometimes shit gets in the way. Um, so I, of course, called up my trusty. Well, let's see. He's not an intern anymore. Uh, he's not a, what title did we give you last time? We, a temp. We, were, we were rolling with temp. We were rolling with temp. Um, I mean, now he's, I mean, he's a writer for, sports illustrated i like you can't you can't write this shit um literally and figuratively um chris Persiine and chris let us introduce you as kfs um well after temp is temp to perm but that's a long title um how about um you are the receptionist okay well, uh, who is Pam in the office, right? Do, I, you, first you, name that came to my mind. Okay. There you go. So me and my wife just binged that show. Um, uh, not wait. Yeah. This past summer. So starting like last, uh, May or June and, uh, God, I see what all the kids like about it. It is, it, it is, it is, is good. It, it is it quite is good. good. Um, all right. We are wasting time already. And I, I said to you, I did not want this to be a long podcast. We are going to go rapid fire. Um, I just asked for your questions via Twitter um, about a half an hour ago. And oh boy, (laughs) did you not disappoint with some good ones. Um, So we're going to go through uh, some of those questions right now. And um, some of them are ridiculous. Um, I imagine most of them are actually ridiculous. Um, It's fine. Uh, We're going to have some fun with it. Um, So Chris, I will leave it to you to pick the first question that we will answer on this Q and a mailbag podcast. Before I grab one, are we going like at least start with a serious one or you can you start just... with literally whatever nonsense that you want. Let, let's go. Uh, let's go half and half. So Steve sure. Berkler asks um, the serious part of this is if you were Leon Rose, what is the first thing you do after officially becoming president of the Knicks and uh, he added at the end that firing Dolan is not an option. So I am tapping out for this one. Well, um, if I can't, <laughs> that was going to be your answer, fire Dolan. Um, if I can't fire Dolan, uh, my serious answer, and I'm not being facetious in one bit, um, I would fire everybody. Um, you know, no, I mean, I, 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 I've said this before. Um, I think institutional memory is a beautiful thing sometimes. And I think one of the things, and I don't speak from experience, but I think just kind of paying attention to like life and how stuff works. The the worst thing you could do is eliminate good institutional memory. There is no good institutional memory um, within the Knicks. Um, I think maybe some of the coaching staff I would keep around, but Um, like I give me Miller Sullivan and Canales on. Yep. Those three. Next year, Steph. Yep, those three. Um, Jed Busher seems also like a nice guy. Oh, um, yeah. He's yeah. been around for a while, I think, with the team. Uh, he, uh, well, no, Judd oh, is... Well, a while for the Knicks is like, you know, <laughs> we're talking like three weeks here. But Yeah, no, I know. 
Um, but other than the the coaches, yeah, um, I would clean out the scouting department. I would clean out um, just everybody. Everybody hire Spencer. Hire Spencer. Uh, and and I would and the second move was I would hire Spencer to run everything. Uh, what's the joking part of the question? No, just the just the you can't fire Dolan was the. Oh, okay, got it. Um, that's uh, should we go? Should we go super serious for next question? Sure, why not? So Bernard asks. <laughs> Okay, yes. Which Nick slangs the most wood, both literally and metaphorically? So if I'm choosing to take the literal the the literal part of the question as which Nick can uh, slang which I I would interpret as throw or heave, um the most like, you know, like pieces of firewood, um, in which case I would probably have to say Julius Randle, who I remember seeing a picture. That of. was that was my pick, that yeah. photo from the summer. Yeah, he was wearing a big, big, big chain and, it, you know, he, he was he could slang, clearly slang some wood. Um, There's one correct answer for the other half of this, and I won't accept any other. But let, let's see. What do you listen, got? Well, listen, um, there's only one there's only one Nick who has been out repeatedly. There it is. There it is. You've got it. <laughs> Frank, man, listen, don't make us trade you to, uh, let's see, Milwaukee has some ugly, ugly women. Um, where else? <laughs> what are the ugly? I'm, I'm going to get canceled, I think, um, on tonight. Um, out of here. Detroit? How are the women in Detroit? Uh, you know, me, part of me being 17 is that <laughs> Oh, yes, that's right. You have not been a world traveler. I have I've been to, to like Europe and stuff. I, I haven't been too many places in the U.S. besides like, you know, like the Philly and the Florida. Oh, wait, like hold on. I know the right answer to this. We'll send them to Texas. They, they, they inject themselves with literal lard. Um, so Frank, buddy, if you don't, if you're not careful, man, you're going to, you're going to join your buddy KP down there in, in Big D. Um, and you're not going to be, you're going to have the, the, the healthiest groin in the entire league. Uh, next question. Let's go with, well, the guy has himself as wave everybody. Um, can't say I disagree. <laughs> Will the Knicks keep Dotson after this season? Can easily see a bunch of teams being interested in him. I'm going to jump you on this just to say hashtag free dot. And now you're free to answer the question. Free dot forever. Um, I think that there is there are people within the Knicks organization because here's there's two there's two possibilities here. Everybody is just completely incompetent, like totally and completely incompetent, and that's why they're not playing him. Or there's someone within the organization that thinks by not playing him, they're somehow reducing the amount that another opposing team would offer him in restricted free agency. I think someone out there or multiple someone's out there will be smart enough. To be like, hey, you know what? Let me take a chance on the kid that plays like there's a fucking jetpack on his strap to his ass whenever he comes in the game. Not perfect. Sometimes that could get him into trouble with his with his um, taking, let's say, um, creative roots around screens. But nonetheless, he tries hard, and um, I, I believe in his shot long term. Um, I think three for fifteen gets it done. Um, do I think? Hopefully. I, I pay that without looking back. So do I. Um, I mean, we gave Wayne Ellington two for 16, and, and that's going how it's going. Yeah, so, um, I mean, you know, I mean, look, a thir- but, you know, seriously for a second, a third a third guaranteed year is not, even for $5 million, is not something that is thrown around lightly in the NBA. Um, I would give it to him. Um, and, you know, but who knows? Hey, listen, he may want to get himself on another team and then back out in the open market within a year or two. And God's honest truth. I'm not sure I'd blame him. Um, to be perfectly honest with you, I have zero idea what their plans are with Dotson because I don't know what, what Leon Rose thinks of Dotson. And I don't know what Leon Rose, um, who he's going to bring in and what that person will, will think of Dotson. So, um, my hope would be, yeah, three for 15, keep him aboard. All right. Next up, Dan Bennett. Can you please tell me Leon Rose will put an end to this buffoonery of playing loser vets 10,000 minutes when our actual future rides the line. Please. Uh, and thank you. Um, this is not me like reporting this or saying this, but uh, I'll say this. I've been reading Mark Berman for a long time. Um, I know he's not everybody's cup of tea, um, but he has been on the beat for 20 years for a reason. 
not everything he insinuates comes true, but he has sprinkled it in. I think his last couple articles I've seen it. Yeah. yeah you know, um, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to misquote him, but it, the phrasing is something along the lines of like, they could move more towards playing the kids. Um, here's what I will tell you. And here's what I do know. People are talking. Um, people with knowledge of Leon Rose's plans and potentially even knowledge of some things that Leon Rose may have already decided. Um, there is, I, I don't know how else to say it. There's, there's talking going on because I've heard things. And if I've heard things, you better believe that a guy like Mark Berman has heard things. And I don't, um, I don't think that, that he would put that in there by accident. So to answer your question, yes, I think over the final, how many games they have left now? 24, um, 23, whatever it is. I, yeah. They're 17 and 42. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, okay. Yeah. That's 23 50, games. They, they've played 59. So they have, uh, yeah, 23, yeah, 23 left. Um, uh, yes, I think the kids will play more, um, down the stretch. All right. Next up from DP. Why do fans actually think they know more than experienced professional coaches and front office members? And I'm just going to say that I have been on this beautiful earth for about 17 years. And uh, I know factually (laughs) that a 17 and 42 team gains literally nothing. I, I, I guarantee you it is literally nothing from letting Damian Dotson watch uh, Wayne Ellington play from the bench. And that's just like one example. Like I, I guarantee you it's better for the team going forward. If Dotson plays over Ellington, there's just no, like, there's, <sighs> no way, there's no way you don't agree with that. So this is a, this is a complicated question for me to answer. And I'll try to answer it quickly. My biggest def- Oh my God, was I an idiot. Um, my biggest defense of this team for a very long time, and most recently right up through their signings this summer, is like they have this job that clearly is not granted upon someone unless the person it is granted upon has some modicum of senses to to what they're doing. And for us to to think like, there isn't more going on here than what on its face looks like. Hey, they just went outside a bunch of fucking guys without much giving much, you know, thought at all to this. Um, then we're the idiots for thinking that we know better. Like I was literally the person asking this question. And I think what I've come to realize over the course of this year and, and kind of, I don't want to, I don't want to pretend like I'm, I'm some kind of insider, but like I've gotten to know enough and like heard enough from some, from enough different people that do really know stuff. I, I just think sometimes you could get, what's the, I always screw up the phrase. You get uh, too deep in, into the far, you get lost in the forest to see the trees. Is that it? Yes. You, it's something like that. Yeah. No, the, you get the thing about not seeing what's in your, in front of your fucking face. And I think part of it is the people that built this team didn't see what was right in front of their face. And I think, you know, part of it is they, they may just not be all that good at their job. Never um, forget that if um if Steve Mills, the visionary, had it his way, we would be watching still a loss tonight, but but with a starting five of De- what was what was his like dream lineup? It was like D'Angelo Russell, oh, RJ Barrett. I'm convinced uh, oh, D'Angelo Russell, D'Angelo RJ Russell Barrett, and Andre Martin. Drummond were going to be a part of this team. If he had, oh, absolutely. No, if he it was it was D'Lo, RJ, Mook, Randall, and Drummond was like the starting five that we were going to be finishing this year with if it were up to Steve Mills. But it's like you know, I'm I, like I always not go, good. I always not go good. back to Tim Hardaway Jr. Like that was Steve Mills' big move, and you could like again, you could see where he was coming from, because like hey. Young guy, got to overpay. Where else am I going to get a premium position at this age with this skill set? Like, okay, what's $17 million? So what? It's a few more than 12 or 13 Like, that – yes, people did know more than him when he did that. That was a stupid thing to do. And you could see him trying to do it to convince Chris Stops to be like, hey, they're building a young core around me. I'm going to buy in after what Phil just did. Like, no, like that's not – you know, it was just, it's been a lot of short-sighted thinking, and it, it's just – so um, I guess to answer the question, I don't even know how I answer the question. Like, yes, sometimes people on the outside do know more than people on the inside. Got it. 
All right. Next up, Quincy Jones asks us, are we trading Randall or what? If we get the number one pick, do you draft Edwards and move? This is a loaded question, by the way. I was about uh, to say, I need to read an ad. Uh, finish the question, and then I'll read the ad. If we get the number one pick, do you draft Edwards and move RJ to primary ball handler? Go after a point guard in free agency? And what is the player profile for positions needed around RJ and Mitch to bring us to the playoffs? My God. Okay. Um, before I tackle that one, um, like Lawrence Taylor or I attempt to, um, a quick word from our very good friends. Uh, I don't think I've had you on since we uh, started advertising forecastsports.com. Hope it's not a problem because it's a, it's a betting website and you're underage, but what the hell? Forecastsports.com. Uh, right. Yeah, what the hell? Um, forecastsports.com, of course, is your one-stop shop for all your daily fantasy sports and betting insights. Um, you know the drill by now. They go out and they spend all the money that you don't have to spend on all of these different sites that give you, you know, analysis and whatnot on the best daily fantasy sports lineups to put out. They spend all that money for you, and then you could just go to forecastsports.com, pay whether you want to pay by the day, you could pay by the week, you could pay by the month, you can pay however you want, um, and get all of the best insights in one place. Um, and the best part is they have a bunch of different bonus features. They have this MVP race thing that is innovative. And it's like, it's it basically, it's more than just like, oh, spit out my optimal lineup. No, it gives you a menu of options and it allows you to make educated decisions. Um, they also have um, a uh, contest every day that allows you to play for $1,000. Um, all you have to do is answer some questions about the biggest game of the day. And uh, best of all, if you're listening to this, you get to use a couple codes uh, that save you some money. First of all, if you want a free trial, uh, just enter the code one, that's the number one, and then the letters D-A-Y, so one day, um, and you get to try this for free. Um, absolutely, positively, no money, no credit card required at all. Um, and if you actually like what you find, you could then enter the code NYX um, and get $25 off each month for the life of your subscription. So one more time, uh, it's the best one-stop shop you'll ever see. Four, that's F-O-R-E, cashsports.com. Uh, four cash sports, four cash. There we go. Um, okay, um, let me try to take this one step at a time. Well the, well, the first part of it was who would I take if I had the number one pick in the draft? Uh, are, we, are, are we trading Randall or what? I would hope yes, because when you have RJ and Mitch, who seem to be our, like, biggest building blocks you need and you know this kind yeah. of answers um uh, uh his second or sorry his fourth question um <laughs> sorry, which is what is the player profile for positions needed and shannon ferguson responded to him saying you need shooters willing passers and perimeter defenders okay. none of that w- which i disagree with um but you know when you have rj and mitch that's what you need you need you need shooters um yeah. you need someone which is why Oh, this, there's, I could answer all these questions with like one long, like then, you know, number one pick, like that's why willing passers is why I would go Lamelo well, at number one. Let's, let's start with the obvious. Anybody who doesn't see that, like you should not have RJ Barrett and Julius Randall on the same team when you have um, Mitchell Robinson as another core piece, who's not shooting it anytime soon is an ass clown and should not have a job. Um, like that's, we don't need to discuss that anymore. Um, yeah, they also like, as you noted real quick, is like they, they clearly don't like being on the floor at the same like, time. And and I want to say, like, I've intimated that a few times. I don't think it's personal. I think they probably like each other, like, as teammates. The, the, this group, say what you want about the group. They do seem to have, like, a nice camaraderie. Um, you know, they support each other. They root for each other. I just don't think, you know, the two of them like playing basketball with each other. Um, but in terms of, like, the draft pick, I... You know, Edwards, like, Chris, you may know more about Anthony Edwards than I do. Um, I I consider myself under the tutelage of Spencer Perlman. I mean, Um, so do I. Um, uh, In terms of scouting, I think that if we have RJ on the team, Edwards is not the guy to pair with him. I would Um, agree with that also. People seem to get stuck in their heads that just because someone is going to be in the top three of an NBA draft in any given year, that that means that instantly they're going to be really good and they're going to replicate their college performances in the NBA. But what Anthony, Anthony Edwards is doing in college is kind of like this like high-scoring 
efforts on like 40% shooting. And then it's like, oh, and then you get to the NBA and there's more spacing. So things will open up yeah. for him. But then RJ can't shoot and then there's less spacing. And so then- let me let me just say this. I, and this is going to seem sacrilegious to a lot of people. I do not, with the possible exception of Mitchell Robinson, because I'm so fucking high on him. I do not think that they should make any draft decision based on what they have on the team right now. And I I you're I know you're going to disagree with me on this and I don't necessarily think you're wrong. This is just my opinion. I, that includes RJ for me. Like no, I think I think when you're this bad, like I I refer to the Knicks as a poverty franchise because that's what we are. We're a, right we're now, a we poverty are, yeah. franchise. Yeah. And it's like you just need to get talent and you can worry about making it work later and maybe you get stuck in a situation like Philadelphia is right now. Well, but, yeah, but that's a you know what? That's a, I, first of that's all that's not an awful problem to they, have. And they also screwed this up 10 ways from Sunday if you really want to be honest, but let's put putting that aside. Right. I, if like if you believe Anthony Edwards is has the talent to be one of the top 15 like bucket getters in the league and I don't need to explain what that means, like you draft him. You draft him and you worry about everything else later. And if that means that, like, RJ, for whatever reason, can't play alongside him, I personally, I, I actually disagree with you. I think they will, like, once RJ, uh, the one other thing I will, I have heard and I I feel comfortable, I guess, reporting this is the Knicks are going to hire a shooting coach. Um, I don't Thank know. Who, the Lord. I, I don't know who it's going to be. Um, oh, God. Thank you. I've heard enough people, um, reach out to me and say that, that I, um, look, I mean, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but I, I feel comfortable saying they're going to hire a shooting coach, um, putting that out there and, and given that possibility or probability, I should say, um, you figure RJ shot's going to come around enough. Anthony Edwards, I know he's not a great college shooter, but like, you know, I'll, I'll buy a shot. Um, and like, you know, the kid has talent. And if the worst thing about him is that he takes bad shots in college, it's like, if we're going on the premise that Leon Rose is going to build the organization to at least a certain level of competence, then shouldn't we not be worried about like, Hey, yeah, maybe we we could get the bad habits like out of this guy. Like that's, I don't know. And and look, I say that I I haven't watched fucking 20 minutes of this guy play college basketball. I'm just being honest. I just go by what I read and what others say, but LaMelo, LaMelo is, I mean, Spencer said it to me months ago. He's like, he his passing is the one true. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Like what something that seems to translate really well from not NBA level games to NBA level games is elite passing. And that yeah. is certainly something that LaMelo possesses. But the um, shot, the shot worries me. The defense worries me. Um, and like just the idea of drafting a guy I don't, I, you know what, just the family, the CA, I, I just, I don't, there's something about it that scares me. I'll, I'll just say that. Okay. That, uh, that question was, was too serious for me. Um, anyway, let's, let's please got, got my blood pressure going up a little bit. Let's do uh <laughs> let's do let, let's just, let's just send it spiking and go with James Stanzoni. What was your first reaction when seeing Bobby in the same sentence as starter? Oh, tonight I was, I mean, I, I tweeted it out. I'm like, I bet the, uh, the bourbon came right out. No, I, I was actually, I actually, truth be told, I was folding my wife's laundry. Um, when I, when I saw it and then she came, (laughs) she she came in the room and, uh, she's like, did I do something? She's like, are you mad at me? I'm like, no, I'm not mad at you. She's like, well, you're clearly mad at something. I don't, I had to explain why I was mad. And then she, she understood. Um, that was my reaction. I, my wife got mad. My, my wife was upset because she thought I was mad at her. So that's, that'll be the answer. To the question. That that explains it all. Yeah. Um, let's, let's go. Um, oh, can we go Dallas's question? I see Dallas has, has all right, written, go ahead. uh, what a line, <laughs> what a Dallas amigo of posting a toast. Like what a lineup of all of our bigs, Taj, Randall, Mitch, Bobby, and Wooten have better floor spacing than our usual starting lineup. I'm going to answer this seriously. Um, Mitch and Wooten give you two elite, elite, um, like, pick and roll, like, uh, lob threats. Taj, say what you want about Taj. 
He could knock down that 16 to 18 footer. Um, Bobby obviously has the propensity for the three ball. Um, I'm going to say here, you know what? You know what the tiebreaker is? I'm going to say, yes, it would have better floor spacing. You know why? Because Alfred Payton is the single worst three point shooter in the entire league. I, and I, I, I have no hesitation saying that. I never want to see him shoot a three again. So there, that's my answer. Oh man. Oh boy. I hate this team. Okay. Um, <laughs> Moving on. Jay Mantooth. Nice Tibbs had the T-Wolves two games out of the three seed, the only season with Butler just three years ago. Why is everyone so afraid the game has passed him by? Um, because perception, um, perception matters a lot in sports and life and in the NBA. And, uh, I think the, the, you know, it's, I mean, it's funny that people are, that this question is being asked because it's like the, it's like the Knicks, right? Even when we don't do anything that's like that stupid, we do a lot of stupid shit, but when we do anything, that's like, it's not that stupid. We still get the the brunt of the the pain from like the national media because it's the Knicks and it's LOL Knicks. I think the circus-like nature of how that all went down with, um, you know, with the, the practice where Butler played with the third team and, you know, hilarious, still really funny to me. Yeah, it's great. Not, not that I get to laugh as a Nick. No, it's fan, hysterical. But. I mean, you know, calling cat and Wiggins, a bunch of pussies. Um, and, uh, his words, I not, love not mine. Jimmy Butler. I, I am a big, I Jimmy mean, Butler. he's, he's, how do you not love him? Um, and like just Tibbs utter refusal to adapt. Well, not, I don't want to well, I adapt in the sense that he refused to acknowledge that that situation was untenable and it was just kind of like, we have to make this work. We have to make this work. And that's why you don't ever, 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 ever hire a coach to run your personnel from a coaching standpoint. Like I get that his defensive coverages aren't revolutionary like they once were, but the guy didn't forget how to coach. Um, they were fourth in offense the year that, yeah, your newsletter that day the kind of like had me kind of talking myself into this. It's like, look, um, I'm not saying it's the best hire, but like, let's we could do way worse, and we have done way worse. And listen, let's. There's a guy out there who I don't even want to say his name. Potato Head. Potato Head. Is that? Oh yeah, I guess he does kind of look like Mr. Potato Head. Oh my god. Oh. Um. That, well, that no. just hate you. Yeah, it did. Oh. I never thought about that. Before. I'm not gonna. We're not gonna say his name on the podcast. Um, if you want to, if you want to hear him, you go tune into uh, ABC this the Sunday. Like, I, I'm assuming they have a game on Sunday. Um, like, you could do worse. Oh, are we thinking of different people? You're thinking. I'm thinking of Mark Jackson. Who are uh, you no, thinking of? Potato Head is Fizdale. Oh well, Fizdale's an ass con. No, I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm talking about coaches potentially to get the job from here on in. Alex Wolf did an incredible job making a thread of like. This is every single reason, at minimum, so, why you should hate Mark Jackson. I did one of those a couple of years ago for a different blog, and I'll repost it if and when the time comes. But like, can I, I hope I never see that thread. I don't even want to go there. I'm, I was going to say something. No, I, I'm not. I, I'll say I'll I'll pick this up here and say that Budum retweeted. He dug up because he is the master of this. He dug up a really old tweet from like a Minnesota beat reporter uh, from the Tibbs era that was like. Without being specific, Jeff Teague hinted that he and other veterans on the team like are like basically sick of Tibbs's defensive coverages and how like not modern they are. Um, and that was like several years ago. So unless he, like Mike McCarthy himself and totally revamp his philosophy and like or at least appear to totally revamp his philosophy, um, I just like that. That's why everyone's so afraid the game has passed him by because his own players were saying things like that. Um, I guess I just, I don't know. I, they, again, with Butler on the floor that season, they had the, uh, it was, I think, equivalent to the 10th ranked defense. Um, and that they were by, dead last by a mile um, without Butler. I think, I guess, you know, I'll say this. Any, and this is not a, a ringing endorsement of a Fisdale. Or a, see, you got me thinking of Fisdale now. 
of a Tibbs hire. But like any coach who coaches at this level, maybe with the exception of like a Byron Scott or like a Vinny Del Negro, can be successful if you give them personnel that matches up with like what they're best at doing. I just don't think there's a whole lot of guys out there that play in the NBA anymore that are like Tibbs type of guys. And that's the part that worries me probably more than the like scheme stuff. Oh, hold on. Just got a, just got a notification from Woj. Um, we've maxed Lou all dang. So <laughs> I thought you were serious. For a second. <laughs> but until you said we've maxed, um, God, don't, yeah, don't, don't do that to me. Um, James Lieberberg asks, why is this team so miserable to watch? And, and I can answer that. Listen, James, Please it's, because answer God, this. It, it's because God hates you. And that's why. That's a good, um, that's a good answer to the question. He, he enjoys when you suffer, uh, uh, me as well. And John and the rest of the Knicks fans. And he knows that unless you're like certain people who, who somehow switch to like Nets fandom or, or whatever other team, like you're not going to give up on this team and, and you suffer every time they, they have a game. Um, and, and that's why it's because the, the universe, just everyone hates you. Um, I'm going to take the next one so because it's from someone that I uh, converse with a lot. Uh, season Nickets asked, na- asks, now that Porzingis has played the majority of the season, have your thoughts changed on the trade? Um, I I think, and feel anyone out there could feel free to jump into my mentions and, and tell me if I've ever said anything to the contrary, but I, I've maintained pretty steadfastly that I thought KP was going to be a, a not a good player, a great player. Um, before all was said and done, I said at the time of the trade, I thought he would get MVP votes in Dallas before all was said and done. I think that's probably wrong because Doncic will get all the MVP votes. But um, I think he's just, I think he's an awesome player. Um, my thoughts on the trade have changed from the majority of last season not because of Porzingis's play, which has been good from time to time. The last like ten games, he's killing it. Yeah, but um, it's like he'll they'll be fine. It's like it's Doncic and Porzingis. Like they'll they'll figure it out. Like as long as he stays healthy. Um, and my thoughts again, my thoughts on the trade have nothing to do with like whether they should have made a long-term investment in him and his health, because I don't have nearly the amount of knowledge to be able to make that call. My thoughts on the trade always centered around what they got for him, given the knowledge that they had and whether the knowledge that they had was reason enough to go after the type of trade that they did. And the reason why I defended the trade for as long as I did was because very simply that I was like, okay, everybody thought that they were like, that KD wanted to come with a buddy. So given that that knowledge was out there, you prioritize the cap space and you let the chips fall where they may. And I think what has become increasingly clear over the last, um, I don't know, several months, six months, whatever, is that the people running the show simply didn't do their due diligence to get the knowledge necessary to be able to make an informed decision and probably just did, I think, what the Knicks do a lot of, which is that they hear the things and the rumors that they want to hear, and they maybe don't do the digging required to find out the actual truth of the matter. And that, to me, is the malpractice of the trade. Um, and why it's again if you want to trade him that's fine but i would have i would have scoured the landscape for a deal where cap space was not prioritized um and you got the best young player available which i feel confident sitting here now and saying was not dennis Smith jr um there's a there's a vast canyon of players um that are in between dennis Smith jr and De'Aaron Fox and, and Donovan Mitchell. That was that that was gonna bring that up right now. It really pissed me off. It's like I don't know if this was like people within the Knicks trying to sell this angle, but it was like, oh well, we couldn't get Donovan Mitchell for Christoph's Porzingis. So we're like, oh, you know, next best thing is Dennis Smith Jr. Yeah, like, like don't don't sell. Like don't, no don't. one no one buys that. Like we, we know that even though Steve Mills is an idiot, like Scott Perry, I think he knows how the, the game of basketball goes. And um 
there are players that are in between Donovan Mitchell and Dennis Smith Jr. And did we get two first round picks in the cap space we've wanted? Yes, but like Dennis, oh. No, it's it's just it's like you don't. It's not. It's I always go back to this. It's process. The process sucked. The process behind it sucked royally. Um, given what we can assume they did and did not know. Um, now and I, I please don't tell me that the the, the Achilles changed things because I, I'm sorry if you're a truther who thinks that Durant was coming here if he didn't tear that Achilles. Um, because I'm I. I could just I could sit here and tell you in a, with a, as much confidence as I could muster that um, they were having the Knicks were having their doubts about that um, before he ever tore his Achilles. So let's let's move on. We could we could go to the next question. Jonathan A. Bailey. Oh, I like why are Miller and Perry unwilling to play the young guys consistently? Shouldn't they be focusing on next season? What about Iggy and Peters? And why not run plays to allow Mitch to get some shots up? Aren't they like mentally tough enough to give that a try? And I, I think that like the important part of this is that shouldn't they be focusing on next season? I think Miller is focusing on next season. Um, if he's playing that like save my job angle. But I also think yeah. that like Miller knows what's going on and probably should just commit to playing the kids at this point. And whether Leon's gonna get that done through Alan Houston or himself starting Sunday, as I wrote for SI, he's going to be officially hired this Sunday, even if that's not announced until next week. Um, y- you know, like th- the young guys will, will get their run and we knew it was coming. I just like, there's a reason we argued for it to be after game 20 and not after game 60. Um, and going back, it should have been after game one. Um, that's the, re- again, that's the real, the real crime of it because like with given what this year turned out to be um was any like they didn't do any winning um was any culture built this year through these veterans oh do not talk to me about culture because i am a new york giants fan and i culture is the last thing i want to hear about well i mean dave, look, dave gettleman shoved down yeah. our throat by everybody who writes about it anyway yeah like like Joe Judge came in. No, I saw that. I heard that. Yeah. And he goes like, there's two types of cultures. They're like, are you going to build a culture here? Gettleman's talked about building a culture. I'm like, yes, your culture got you a 30th ranked defense or whatever it was. Because, you know, they stink at football, but hey, they have culture. Um, there's, <laughs> and, and Joe Judge, on his first, one of his, like, some, one of the first things he said as head coach was like, there's two types of culture. There's a winning culture and a losing culture. And that's it. You're either one or the other. And like, I, like I could not agree more. No, no, it's, it, but it, it's, it's true. And well, I think I actually, I think they like the locker room is okay this year. Like it, that's not, that's not enough to make up for the um, developmental malpractice that has gone on um, under this regime's watch. Okay. So yeah. Iggy, and you know, he asked specifically about Iggy and Peters. Um, Bring them, Bring them all up. Bring them all up. Bring everybody up. Alfred can get the hell out of here. Uh, sign, could, sign Peters to the to a. Could, uh, could D, uh, D. Allen is twenty seven, so I don't know what the hell he's doing here. I like what like he's gonna like be our starting no, point guard like, next year. He thinks like what does he think is going see, on here? But in all seriousness, like I know like you have a new president that's taking over that could, that doesn't have to honor whatever promises were made, like. Guess what, Bobby Portis? You don't want to take a buyout? Well, good. We're going to waive you. Um, Wayne Ellington. And you stink, by the way. <laughs> Wayne, you know, if I, I was going to say if I could, well, no, I'm not going to say that tonight because that would sound particularly bad. I was going to say something about like if I could waive either Bobby Portis or Julius Randle, which one would I? But obviously, Randle's contact situation makes that a little bit more complicated. Um, no, but like Wayne Ellington, like, okay, see you later. Just Ellington and. As much as I like Harkless and Southside Finest, Southside's Finest ass should the should the Knicks keep Mo Harkless? I like Mo Harkless, but like, if the difference is like me getting to see Lamar Peters on the NBA level for the rest of the season, or, nineteen assists, well, one I, game, nineteen. Well, I, 19. Dude, I saw that guy in summer league. That guy's an NBA player. He's an NBA player. 
Like what? Hundred percent. Lamar Peters. I want to see that guy in an NBA court with some like NBA talent and see what he could do. Um, so it, yeah, Iggy, there's no, there's no defending not bringing up Iggy at this point. He looks like like literally like Luka Doncic in the G League. I don't want to like. <laughs> no, but like we like, can we just talk for a brief second to, about tonight we. Played Bobby Portis twenty two minutes, Mo Harkless twenty six minutes, flamethrower Mo Harkless, I should say. Um, uh, do, 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 do. Wayne Ellington only played nine minutes. Thank um, God. <laughs> um, Alfred, and here's the one: Alfred Payton thirty six. So here's the thing: Alfred Payton twelve assists, right? Um, that's good, right? Setting up his teammates. That's theoretically helpful yes. for, yeah. for development. But like, I. How how does it help you develop if you are playing with a point guard that literally cannot shoot the ball? Because there's only one other of those guys in the entire league. Well, I guess two if you count um, Clyde uh, Frazier's uh, favorite player of all time is Smith. You know, and the other is Ben Simmons. And Ben Simmons, I'm sorry, is we're not. He's not in this conversation. It's a different conversation. Like you're, you're playing like Alfred Payton should be someone that could come in and keep the, keep the boat afloat for 12 minutes a game. You should not be playing 36 minutes a night on a team that just like bring Peters up, bring Kadeem Allen in. Like if Dennis Smith Jr. has a concussion, and can't play for a while. And, and Frank has been out um, a few too many nights bar hopping, like just get anybody in here who could shoot the basketball because that's going to at least be a reasonable facsimile of what the team might look like in the next year or five years or 10 years. Alfred Payton's not helping you there. So like, I, I don't want to see Alfred Payton anymore. Get rid of him too. Ugh. Yeah. I, I really don't enjoy watching him play. And I have, you know, people told me like a few months ago, I talked about like Alfred Payton should really like, if we really cared about the future, he would literally not play a single minute. And like, is there a world where he's a contributor on like a good Knicks team, like yeah, th- there is, but not as not in the role that it, he has now. It ain't gonna be next. Year. Like it's a two year deal. Is this team gonna be good next year? No. Okay, move on. Goodbye. Like, exactly. Uh. Um, can we answer Alan Seppenwall's question? Go ahead. Uh, Alan Seppenwall asks why, not why should we ask questions, but why do we do this to ourselves, Alan? If I had the answer to that question, my friend, oh boy, um, I, well, oh God, what is? I remind. No, it's, it doesn't quite translate. I was gonna say, it reminded me of a line from uh, "As Good as It Gets." Uh, I'd be the luckiest guy in the world if that did it for me. Uh, I'd be the luckiest guy in the world if I could just flip this switch off. Um, but alas, we cannot. So uh, onward, onward we go. Um, I have one. I have a depressing one. Please. Um, from Mitchell Eppner, who says, and you know, like there was like a, a a bit of me that could give a positive response to this, and then I like read the whole question, and I was like, "There's no way." Oh, Do you have any hope that the Knicks will be better than any of the teams in the Atlantic Division through spring 2022? If Durant gets healthy through the spring 2022, so we're talking about the next two seasons. He, yeah, just like the, right. in the next two years, will we be better than any other team in the Atlantic? Um, he says, if Durant gets healthy, oh, the Knicks no. have Atlantic seller for the foreseeable future. I think we have Atlantic seller for more than the next two years. Um, Boston is set up. Tatum looks great. Brown is good, and and Toronto has Siakam, and they'll. I, I think I, they'll keep Van Vliet, like probably unless Leon so, decides that. Toronto is one of the five best organizations in the NBA, if not in all of sports. Um, Boston is not going anywhere. The Brooklyn Nets, has. They're, they're going to be better they'll than be, us. They'll be good for two years. Um, or, or, I th- yeah. or more. You know, at least two years. The wild card here is Philly. And I'm going to have um, – There's no way. The, the, the Knicks have a better record. Well, than the, there's, but, there's no just, shot. Hold on. Wait, you're, 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 you're jumping here. You're jumping. I, here's all I'm saying. I'm going to have your own Weissman on the pod. Uh, I think he's coming on in two or two weeks. He is, um, uh, his book on the Sixers. Um, can you get, can you get me one is the question. What's that? <laughs> can get I get you a copy of the book? Adv- an advanced copy of the book. I, I have an advanced copy and I read the whole damn thing because I couldn't, oh, I couldn't put it down on my vacation. Jealousy. 
Um, oh my god. I, I am um, 17 and I do use my phone a lot, but we actually like kids do read things. Um, well, and that is something that I'm looking forward to reading when I have the opportunity you, to. So. You won't put this one down. The book, by the way, is called, I keep wanting to call the book, um, trust the process, but that's not the actual name of the book, even though it is about the process. In any case, I'm going to have your own on in a couple of weeks and, um, we're going to talk, um, about the book and the Sixers and how some of the things in the book and what they tried to do relate to what the Knicks maybe should try to do from here on in. Um, but I am going to ask him about Embiid and Simmons, uh, because, uh, the title of the book, by the way, is tanking to the top. Um, I like if they get eliminated in the first round this year, which look, they could play Miami in the first round, um, or, or maybe Toronto or, or Boston, any of those teams could beat them. Um, especially with this injury stuff going on, like you're, you're telling me that there's not at least a slim possibility that they get nervous and decide like, Hey, I want to trade one of these guys. Um, I think that Philly with only one of Embiid and Simmons is still better than whatever the Knicks trot out. What if they trade the one that they trade to the Knicks? Oh, well then I, I floated and, that yeah, idea. This is, me, this is not me like, like saying I've heard anything about this. I'm just, I'm like spitballing here. Like what, what if that someone, happened? someone, someone shot out like a, uh, Beal and Bertans to Philly, Embiid to New York, and then every young player that the Knicks and Sixers have to Washington to like jumpstart or rebuild their kind of three team trade, like something like that. And like, like, you know, and to be clear, the Knicks would have to give up just so much that it would be it would be ridiculous. Um, and and I and and and, and I should even say it a step further than that. There is a 99% chance that some team out there would beat even the Knicks' best, most ridiculous offer for either of those players. But I'm just like, you know, crazier shit, man. Crazier shit has happened. Um, but but no, we're, we're that, oh, that that aside, we're gonna we're gonna suck for a while. Um, hold on, I have um an actual basketball question here. Um, <laughs> from Evan. Um, can we get Markinen for both Dallas picks and a Hornets second? Uh, no. Um, if, if the Bulls did that, they would be crazy. They need to get, I think their fans would like storm the United Center and like attempt to burn it down if they traded Markinen for like something that, like a non. But if they fired Garpax the same day, would they cancel uh, each that's other a out? Different, that's a different question. Um, the more general curiosity that I have, and I'm not saying that the Knicks should even like look to go down this road, but like if the Knicks got like I don't know the second pick or the third pick or the fourth pick or the fifth pick in this draft, like what is the value of that pick going to be around the league? Um, I don't think it's going to be much, and I just wonder like if the Knicks decided to like package that. And again, I'm not saying they should. I just it's a, a general curiosity. Um. Let's see. We have another. I'm cur- I want to hear your uh, view on this one because I and we'll finish up soon. Um, right. I have already said I I will I will go four for a hundred to get this guy. Fernando Rodriguez asks, "Will it take a max deal to sign Fred Van Fleet?" And if you it, are very in on him, um, I'm so in on him more more so than I probably should be. Um, I think that no, oh, yeah, finish up. And well, it says and if. It did take a max deal, and we signed Ingram to him. Well, we, we're not going to sign Ingram because they're going to match. He he will be in New Orleans next yeah, year, no matter what anybody ever thinks. Yeah, um, could could we? St- oh, it's it's more like a financial question. Could we still sign a max free agent in twenty twenty one, assuming we decline Randall's contract that year? Um, just purely uh, dollars and cents. If they decline randall's contract they still have to pay him four of the yeah 20. and they and by the way they still owe uh mr noah six million dollars that year so they, yes. if they cut if they don't um i don't think they would decline randall i think they would figure out a way to move randall but let's just say for argument's sake even if they had 10 million dollars on the books for that year um that was not uh going towards any active players um god help us um and I guess that would be the theoretical, not that they either <laughs> them will still be here in all likelihood, but the theoretical capitals of uh, Frank and um, 
DSJ. Um, I do believe that they would, st- even with like cap holds for all the other salary slots and like Knox and Mitch and like whatever else, I do think they would still have enough for two, like like a max to sign, a ma- sign a max this year and then sign a max um, right. in 2021. Do you, are you high on Fred Van Fleet? Are you like, I, you so I went to Knicks Raptors. Um, I don't, when was that? That was January 24th. I was at Knicks Raptors and Van Vliet, like, I saw in that game all of the things that you see in him and all of the things that people who wouldn't touch him with more than a $15 million a year foot pole, like, you know what, what I mean? What like, were those things? Um, it, It's like, like he gets a screen and he takes one step in and without even looking in either direction, just like throws up a contested deep two. And it's like, oh, he does that. And then he like hits this crazy three to like totally momentum switch like not that they weren't beating on us the whole game but like just like he really uh injected some energy into the garden and his team like i I see why you would be fine with him next to rj like running this team and i also can see why like there are a lot of concerns i don't know the extent to which the like vast competence of his organization in terms of roster composition, building, and coaching staff, like how much, like how much are uh, how much of his how sorry how much of his mistakes are like covered up by that? Um, so that's the thing with him is like that's so he he has the ball in his hands a lot there. Obviously, he would have his ball the ball in his hands even more here, which could be. I think that's where things start to go. But it could be, but again, sour. it could be a gift and a curse. And are you getting a guy who is not an unearthed asset? Because like we, we pretty clearly know what he is at this point, but like in the NBA today, if you're gonna overpay someone, like don't you want to overpay the guy who defends his ass off? Can make a three at a forty percent clip, and can, I would, yeah, I would rather pay Fred the, Van Vliet than Julius Randle if can, that's what you're getting and, at, and can move the ball and move with the ball. Like, think about those four things. Like, yeah, I get the idea of paying someone twenty five million dollars a year, which I do believe is what it's going to take. Who can't create his own shot is like antithetical to what we believe in as a society of NBA watchers, but like. At the same time, um, like, I okay, so Tobias Harris. Tobias Harris is, like, technically, yes, he's a shot creator. And we saw him create a shot a few bunch of times tonight. You know, that dude's making over $30 million a year. You're telling me that, like, Fred Van Fleet's not worth twenty five, um, Or at least isn't going to be, like, something that, like, like okay, you need to move that salary a year or two years or three years down right. the line. You're telling me you can't? I think a lot of that goes into what team is giving him that 25. Because it's like Philly put like the final infinity stone in their starting lineup when they like, <laughs> good, good you point. know what I mean? Like they, they grabbed Harris in that trade and it was like, oh, they were already good. Now let's see what they can do. And then, yeah, yeah they screwed up their offseason royally. But like, if the Knicks like already devoid of talent and competence and, you know, maybe Rose can change that part, but Rose isn't going to instantly turn this team into any sort of good team. Um, so I, I don't know. Like, like no, does so that's my argument. End up- you, you just made my argument for me because my argument for signing Van Fleet is you're not paying the $25 million for Van Fleet. You're paying the $25 million for Van Fleet and how much his presence on the team and on the floor improves guys like RJ Barrett and Mitchell Robinson. And if you don't sign Fred Van Fleet this summer, that's fine. You better than, or, or someone comparable, but again, there is nobody comparable. Then you better tank next season because like, I'm, I'm sorry. I cannot go forward into the, into the, the good night with like, Lonzo Ball franchise point guard of my future. I just I'm not I I'm not I'm not there. Um right. No, I I see that. And it's like but then again like does giving Van Vliet that money and obviously like the opportunity that will come with that like is that where the 
marginal benefit starts to fall under the marginal cost and and you start seeing like these are all tough questions and i, you, I admit that they're tough questions i just you learn like oh like you, you like you, i took like microeconomics last year right like i'm in high school that's a thing and like um <laughs> I, I forget sometimes that i'm talking about high school it's you get your you get your first slice of pizza and you're starving. And you're like, wow, this pizza gave me so much utility. I really enjoyed it. Then you have your second and you're like, oh, okay, I enjoyed that slightly less than the first, but I definitely wanted a second slice. And now you're six slices in and you're like, I will pay someone to, if it means that I can stop eating slices of pizza. And it's like, does Van Vliet getting the ball like that much more on a bad team? Like, is that where everything just goes south? And now you have like, 30 brownies in your mouth and you just can't like you just want like you just crave the sweet release of death like i don't know what that leads to you're talking to the wrong guy my friend i once ate in one sitting eight slices of sicilian um pizza from ellen beast Pomodi gardens um i don't know if you know what that is if you don't you should familiarize yourself it is the best pizza in the world i will get on that it is listen it is in brooklyn um i know it's not it's not down the road for you. It is worth it is worth the trip. I promise you. And I once ate okay. eight slices of Sicilian from there. So wow. yes. Fred Van Fleet, four years, hundred million, sign me up. All right, let's finish the hell up. Um, um do we I'm have gonna, anything else I'm here? Throw in, I'm gonna throw in Jeremy's question. Oh come on. Cause I, I told you that I was gonna do it and uh you can't stop me. Yeah. Jeremy Cohen, how do you maintain your luscious beard, John? Um, I shave once a month. There it is, folks. There, that's the secret. Um, and do we have any other ones that are decent here? Who, who on your top three? Who is my top three on my draft board? Um, from Nick Alexander, uh, I guess. Edward, despite how I bashed him, Edwards Ball and, um, I don't know. I really kind of like Cole Anthony. Um. I think Cole Anthony is either like the guy that falls and then everyone realizes yeah. why or the guy that falls and then everyone's like, holy shit, how did we let him fall? Yep. Um, yeah. And I, I just don't know. Just can New York afford to take a shot on that? Like maybe we should add it. It, it, it depends. I probably go ball number one, Edwards number two. And like, I'm torn. I want to just like follow in Spencer's footsteps and just say like Killian Hayes is my guy. But um, I like Hayes. It, I Hayes really is the like the guy that I keep coming back to. Yeah. I really like Halliburton too. Um, Denny Avdija is in that Hall- conversation Halliburton also. Not is, Wiseman, not and Okongwu is up there for me, but not in I my was, top three. Okongwu is the guy that I was going to say is my other my other guy that um, like you, it seems like you know what you're going to get with that dude, but the problem is uh, it's like that's th- th- that's why I offered the earlier caveat about. Um, not worrying about positional uh, duplicity with the possible exception of Mitch because it's like, I don't know, I'm just such a believer in Mitch that uh, I'm not right. sure I agree. And rightfully him. so, you know, like when we see what we do from him in a good way. Well, like, listen, that again, if you if you were watching, anybody out there listening who's actually watched this game um, against the Sixers, like you, you saw what you saw last night, what you've been seeing, if you've been paying attention for weeks, that dude is fucking good. All right, a couple more that we have to get to very quickly. Um, Andrew Claudio. What oh, is, that, I was going to bring that one up next. If you didn't have another one, go what, go ahead. What is the least watchable? Bobby Portis at the five. Literally any Randall ISO or any Terminator movie after T two. So I mea culpa. Um, Terminator two is um, like for until I was like I don't know an adult and possibly even after I became an adult. Um, if you ask me what my favorite movie was. It was Terminator 2. That said, I well, I stuck with the Terminator franchise through Terminator 3 and Terminator Genesis and Terminator, I think it was Salvation. Was that the one? Um, I did not, I have not seen the most recent Terminator. That's how I have, that's how much I have fallen out of, or that franchise fell out of favor with me with what they did with the last few movies. So given that, I would have to say that the least watchable still is Bobby Portis at the five. I can't watch. really yeah, over the because I, I was going to say like, if you throw me in a time machine and you know, you tell me at the beginning of the, like before game one, how this season is going to go. And you say that I have to watch every single 
bad Terminator movie with my eyes taped open, and it means like that Randall Rand, Randall will will have like a third of the ISOs that he's had this year. Like I take that deal. Like I'll watch all of those movies if it means watching just slightly less. It's look, Randall it's, ISOs. It's close, but I value defense so much. And like if I'm watching a team that I know doesn't have a chance whether by choice or otherwise to like defend at a even something close to a league average level. I, I can't, I can't enjoy the game. Um, like I could, I could sit through Randall ISOs cause you know what? Some of them go in like they did tonight. Um, all right. Is there anything else we have to get to? There was one of the, uh, Oh, Vivek. Uh, that was my, that was my, like, if John is totally done here, we're doing oh, Vivek. So we're getting Vivek. out of so that'll be it. This is our last this question. This is our last question. Who is better, Lance or Harkless? Lance forever, baby. You know it. I'm I'm liking Vivek's tweet right now. I just did that also. There we go. Um, Chris, do you what do you have class tomorrow? I guess. Dude, I have a statistics test. I have to go start studying for. I worked after school, and then I did this, and now like, if it was not senior year, I would not have been on this podcast. I'll just put it that way. Um. It, it, it was like a podcast or study, and like I picked podcast because it's second it's second trimester of senior year. But like, if this were any other time, I would not be on this pod. Would not exist. You made um, you made the right decision. I agree. Um, actually, you just reminded me of this. Shout out to none of them listen to this, so I don't even know why I'm doing this. But shout out to my tenth um, grade students who are completing. Um, they better complete it uh, by Sunday. It has to be turned in their personal projects, which will be sent uh, overseas to the mystical, magical land of the IB. Uh, they're going to, did you have to do one of these things? You, aren't you, don't you go to an IB school or did I make uh, that up? No, I, I take like three IB classes. Oh, I'm not okay. a diploma though. So do you know what the, so the personal pride, that's like the culmination of the, the MYP. If, I, if anybody was still listening, they're not listening anymore. No, um, there's like, it's, it's, it's just your wife at this point. It's just, I, I, you, I think she's still, you think my wife still listens to these fucking things? Come on. Um, yeah. But anyway, my, my 10th graders accomplished something, which, some of them have been working on for several months um, and some of them have been working on for several days, um, but they, they are done. And uh, that is, uh, that is pretty cool. So shout out to them. Shout out to you for ignoring your studies to come on this podcast. Um, of course. Any, anytime. Anything you want to uh, plug or promote before we get you out of here? Well, I did just start writing for Nick sports illustrated. Um, I've done two pieces thus far in two days. Um, those will be up on my, those, those are up on my Twitter. And also I just did on my YouTube channel, which is linked in my Twitter. Also, um, a podcast with my friend Travis, who I met on a Knicks fan Instagram group chat. And now he and I like hang out in real life and stuff. Um, we did a, we did a basketball podcast together. Look at you. That's up on my YouTube channel. So so go, go everybody check, go check subscribe to, uh, go, go subscribe to Chris. Chris Procyanin's YouTube channel. If I knew how to subscribe to a YouTube channel, I would tell you how to do that. Um, oh, this. Oh, oh, can we do one more? Uh, uh, what am I going to say? No. Like, I mean, you could say that. Um, I like this question. Best realistic, unrealistic trade free agent targets over the next 12 months. I'm just looking at this list. Cat Booker, Sabonis, Beal, Embiid, Gordon, Harden, healed Ingram. Um, I bet I would bet you a donut that at some point in the next three years, the Knicks will come up in a fuck three years, two years. The Knicks will come up in a Harden rumor. I feel Harden. I was gonna say healed. Um. Yeah, I really hope not. I I don't. Not at that money. Um, see, that's the thing. I'd rather pay Fred Fleet $25 million than Buddy Heal $20 million. So sue me. Uh, all right. That's it. No, no. That's, that's not terrible. All right. Yeah. Now, let's, now let's get out of here. Now we're getting out of here. All right. Um, everybody, thank you for listening uh, to uh, this uh, sham of a podcast that was thrown together at the last minute. 
Um, thank you, Chris. <laughs> um, <laughs> thank you, Andrew. You're a Cl- fraud, Macri. You're I, a fraud. I, listen, I never pretended to be anything otherwise. Um, thank you, Andrew Claudio, our excellent producer. Um, hopefully he's still awake and doesn't mind uh, fucking editing this thing. And uh, most of all, thank you, the listeners and, um, you know, the people who make this uh, make this, you know, thing what it is. So, uh, Chris, enjoy your day. Everybody out there, uh, enjoy your weekend. Love you so much.